Hello, friends. This episode is sponsored by The Given Institute. The Given Institute is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to activating the gifts of women for the church and the world. Through leadership training, faith formation, and dedicated mentoring, Given forms women for mission and for life. Applications are now open for Given's 2024 cohort. Given's year-long program includes attendance at the Catholic Young Women's Leadership Forum June 8th to 12th, 2024 at the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. It also includes one-on-one mentorship in the Art of Accompaniment Mentoring Program until May 2025. Sister Miriam will be a keynote speaker at the Given Forum, along with many other Catholic female leaders from all walks of life. I was able to speak a couple of years ago, and I was just so blown away by the caliber of people who were there. Everybody from the mentors, all the religious sisters who were helping up, but especially the young women who were attending and receiving from the forum. I was so inspired by their vision, their dreams, and I couldn't wait to see what God was going to do with them. So if you're a woman between the ages of 21 to 35 and are seeking leadership training, faith formation, community, and support to better understand and pursue your particular mission, this program is designed just for you. You'll grow in relationship with Christ and understanding of your feminine gifts as you implement a unique action plan that helps you respond to God's call. Given is also accepting applications for lay and consecrated mentors and event volunteers. For more information and to apply, head over to their website, www.giveninstitute.com forum. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, season 13. And we are delighted to be with you on this adventure. And I know that the Lord is going to do wonderful things in all of our hearts The Abiding Together podcast is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And wherever you find yourself in the world, wherever you find yourself in your life, you are most welcome here. And we know that the Lord will speak to you. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life. We speak about our sorrowful mysteries, our joyful mysteries, and how the Lord is leading us in it all. And you are most welcome right here, right here. So please grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abidings Together podcast. And we are going to continue our discussion on the apostolic exhortation that Pope Francis just released on St. Therese. So last week we talked about parts one and two. This week, we're going to talk about parts three and four, and you can find that on the Vatican website. It is a free document. But before we jump into our discussion, Michelle Bensinger, you have a huge announcement to make about our Advent book study. People are already asking. So would you like to announce to the entire world what our Advent book study is going to be this year? I would. Actually, it was Sister's idea, though, um, that we were doing this. Carol Hoslander, The Read of God. It is a stunning book. And we're just back in the heart of Mary, which we all need to be. Like, I just think Mary is just pivotal in this time, Mary and the Holy Spirit. So yeah, that is what we'll be. So we'll be in the heart of Mama Mary for this Mm -hmm. Advent season. I'm excited. It's such a beautiful, she's such a great author and just her way of, oh, she's lovely. So if you haven't met Carol Hauslander, right in spirit, you're about to meet her and she's just absolutely beautiful. I don't think anybody's read Read of God and walked away disappointed (laughs) from that. Yeah. And you're welcome to do this on your own. You can, Mm -hmm. it's a great time to do it with a small group. If you just want to try something, we always Mm -hmm. provide questions for discussion and it doesn't matter if you're Catholic, non-Catholic, everybody is welcome to join Mm -hmm. us on this journey. It is. It's amazing. You're welcome. And so we'll take it apart from you. We'll post the week by week, the chapters we're going to talk about. You're welcome to read them before or after. People always ask, do I have to read it before? You can do whatever you want. You can listen to the episode first 
first. It'll launch the Monday of Advent, right after Advent begins. You can read it first. You can read it that week. You can read it later. You don't have to read it at all. You can just listen. So we just want to make it really easy. There's no hard parameters that we have. It's just a simple invitation to come together and prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus uh, as he comes to us as a baby, which we, uh, just so much there as we've been talking about St. Therese, right? So it's very, it's very fitting. So read of God, you can get the book on Amazon. I think there's several publishers out. I, Michelle, you said right now we're recording this a couple of weeks ahead, but you said that it's usually even on Kindle right now for like a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, is that what so hopefully it'll be still on sale when people hear this yeah. message. But yeah, right now it's a dollar ninety nine. Anyway, that's the good news. Okay, so let's continue our discussion. So we're going to continue on the little apostolic exhortation that Pope Francis released on October fifteenth about her life and about on the anniversary of her one hundred and fiftieth anniversary. So, number three, the title of that section is called "I Will Be Love." And the scripture that we're going to use is from Song of Songs, chapter two, verse 16. My beloved is mine and I am his. He browses among the lilies. And St. Tress says, I think, I love this. I think that the heart of my spouse is mine alone, just as mine is his alone. And I speak to them then in solitude of this delightful heart to heart. I speak to him then in the solitude of this delightful heart to heart while waiting to contemplate him one day face to face. So Heather, would you like to start us off this time as you read sections three and four? Uh, what what stirs your heart? Yeah, and I think I just want to start with saying often as lay people, we can look at someone like Therese or like Sister Miriam and go, yeah, like that type of language, like Jesus being the spouse is like for the religious, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or even for priests, that there's like a bridal intimacy that is just for their vocation. And that's really special. And it is really special. And your vocation is really special, but it's a sign to us like of mm-hmm. what things will be in heaven, of course. But, but even now we are all called to this type of intimacy, this bridal relationship with Jesus. And sometimes for us, like we think that loving God just means doing the right thing and following the commandments. And it does because our actions matter, but our actions Mm -hmm. should be flowing from a place of relationship and intimacy and union. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we just start with actions, you know, but even the actions should lead to the one that we want to honor with our actions. And that's Jesus. So I'd love for us to just talk about that for a moment as we start. Michelle, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I love when she says in 33, she said, Teresa possessed complete certainty that Jesus loved her and knew her personally at the time of his passion. He loved me and he gave himself for me. As she contemplated Jesus in his agony, she told him, you saw me. In the same way, she said to the child Jesus in the arms of his mother, with your little hand that caressed Mary, you upheld the world and gave it life and you thought of me. I was just like, ah. I mean, that's just tenderness. That's intimacy. That's mm-hmm. love. And she says, her in number 34, she says the act of love, repeating the words, Jesus, I love you, which became as natural to us as breathing is the key to understanding the gospel. Just Jesus, mm-hmm. I love you. And I was thinking to myself, when we hear someone say our name, I like there's something about saying your name and saying I love you, like the combination mm-hmm. of both, like, you know, Sister Miriam, I love you. You know, there's something mm-hmm. so like it goes to the core of who we are. And that's what she's saying. Like it goes to the Corys are, but all throughout history, Jesus had each of us in mind. Like I would do it for them. And like um, Jesus said to St. Teresa of Avila, I would create the whole world over again just to hear you say that you love me. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of bridegroom we have. 
you know, not one that is a judge, not one that counts our faults, but one that just opens his heart and his arms up to love and tenderness and mercy and asking Mm -hmm. us to come closer. So it's so good. That's why we love a good love story. Yes, it's written in yes, our hearts. Yes, yes, like when exactly. we watch a good movie or whatever, and we're just like, oh my gosh, when he said that or the look that he had for her, and it just like completely melts mm-hmm. us. Oh, yeah. It's speaking to us of the the most real love, the greatest mm-hmm. love, you know, the greatest love story, which we find ourselves mm-hmm. right in the middle of. Yeah, go ahead, sister. Well, it's true. Yeah. And, and for, you just think of all the ways in our life when we've experienced being deeply loved. Mm-hmm. And this is not like, oh, Jesus is my boyfriend, kind of sappy, sentimental. Like this is the Christ, the divine bridegroom. Why do mm-hmm. we ache for such a deep love? Why do well, men and women alike, why do we ache to be loved, to be cared for, to, to be seen, to be cherished, to be fought for? Why do we ache to give ourselves in that same way too? All of us want to love excellently and to be loved excellently. Why, why is that? It's not just kind of a faulty quirk in human nature. It's that's heaven. Mm-hmm. It's it's the call of heaven. It's the eschatological sign of heaven. And so what St. Therese is teaching us is she she's giving us these kind of small breadcrumbs in a window into heaven of it's Christ loves you. He loves you deeply and and he knows everything about you and he cares every he cares about everything about you. This is not just something we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better. This is why the human ache, no matter what our belief system, if we go down deep enough, what we're gonna find is an ache to love and to be loved. And to know and to be known, because we're made in the image and likeness of God, and that's how God loves. And so, she's she's teaching us what it means to be human. I, she, she's teaching us how to love and how to how to allow the Lord heal us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love what she says about vocation. Like, she's the one that says, you know, my vocation is to love. And, and I think mm-hmm. even with that, we get that muddled a lot. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, what should I do as vocation, as far as like a state of life or an action where it's like that should flow from this like love of God. It's like my vocation is to love. God with all my heart. And how does God want me to love him with his whole heart in this Mm -hmm. world? Is it in the call to marriage or religious life or priesthood or, you know, whatever, or to be a missionary, to be single, to be consecrated, to be set apart in some way. And I think we're waiting for like the, the state of life before we answer this call to love, you know, really. And, and when we look at things through that lens, wow, that changes everything. If I ask the Lord, Lord, how do you want me to love you? you know, well, that directs everything completely different than what I would come up with on my own. You know, how mm-hmm. I'm going to order my day on my own, because there's a lot of other things I want to do that aren't love. You know? mm-hmm. so, so yeah, I love that part for her. I love mm-hmm. what she says in number 36, Trez practiced charity and littleness in the simplest things of daily life. And she did so in the company of the Virgin Mary, from who she learned that to love is to give everything. It is to give oneself. And I love just that, that just companionship with her and Mary, like teach me how to love and the ordinary little things. And it was so interesting. I had a little come to Jesus moment with one of my kids before school yesterday. And when he came home from school, I was still stewing about it. And I was like, it was so, and I was like, all right, Lord, you have to allow the posture of my heart to reflect your posture. Like Mama Mary, mm-hmm. help me mother well in this situation. Like I actually stopped and did the holy pause. You know what I mean? What you're supposed to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I felt like the Holy Spirit, Michelle, do you want to be loving or do you want to be right? And I was like, I want to be right because I am right in this situation. And I want, you no, know, but, being but, right yeah. feels good. Oh my gosh. You know? <laughs> but then I was thinking, all right, what is the little part of me that just wants to be right? Like, what is that part of me that just wants to be like, I just want that. So there's something aching in me like that. I was like, all right, I have to look at my own stuff in this. And so, Mm -hmm. and 
it was funny. I was like, all right, Holy Spirit, like I need your grace in the situation. And so like I made him his favorite thing that he likes to eat when he gets home. And he was like shocked. Like he walked in the door and he mm-hmm. was like, oh, wow, thanks. And, and just the tenderness that came from him because I just responded in love and instead of responded in the other way. And so I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is how that works, huh? Yeah. You know, where I still wanted to be like, <laughs> and another thing, you know, where you bring up, a, you know, but that's not it. It's the ordinary daily life in the home of Nazareth. Like, how do you love in that moment in the ordinary time? You know, not easy, mm-hmm. but that's where the peace comes from. Mm-hmm. That's a great reflection. Like, what are the hindrances to love mm-hmm. in my own heart? Mm-hmm. And yeah. is it the desire to be right? Is it the desire to be to be seen or like to be the center of attention or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it might be? Like, that's a great reflection that we should always be having each day. What are the hindrances to me loving? And Jesus, can you come and love me here? Because that's ultimately what we're, yes. what we're looking yes. for in mm-hmm. all of that is like, we desperately need the love of God. As you said in the last episode, sister, these are the orphan places that need to be welcomed into the family of God and, mm-hmm. and that haven't experienced that yet. So maybe one part of you, you know, has experienced the love of God and there's other parts that, that just haven't, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that need to be welcomed into his family. Which yeah. is the spirit of simplicity was St. Therese is sharing with us that it, this is applicable to all of us. No mm-hmm. matter what our state of life, all of us have, all of us today, when whatever time we're listening to this, whether maybe you're late at night, so maybe tomorrow for you, all of us today will be faced with many decisions of, will I love here? Or will I choose something else? Yeah, mm-hmm. It's the coworker. It's the person that cuts you off at the grocery store. It's the kid who hasn't talked to you in 20 years. It's, you know, when somebody hurts our feelings, like how often I want to nurse a little grudge about that, or I want to make sure that I haven't, you know, oh gosh, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It's like, where is the Lord asking us to, yeah, to receive, you know, maybe it, it, like St. Therese, to receive some areas of sorrow, like that people inflict upon us, but not to grudge or not to make it be self-absorbed to be, if I need to have a conversation with that person, great, I need to do that. But I think there's so many things in life that our lady's inviting us just to stand at the foot of the cross with her. Mm-hmm. And just to offer back for that person for their own healing and their own salvation. And to, like you, you were talking about Michelle, you know, instead of bringing up the whole thing again, like, I'm just going to bring kindness, Lord, here, and I'm going to ask you to heal this. And I, that's hard. I, you know, some of the spiritual masters say when somebody hurts you, don't go talking about it to everybody. Like, don't gossip about it. Don't talk about it. Don't mm-hmm. turn to the Lord and say, all right, Lord, is this true? You know, what is my part? If there is a part and then to choose kindness there instead. And it's not to say you don't, you know, take somebody into confidence, but we all know the difference between when we're like, I don't, I didn't need to talk about that. Like the Lord was asking me to bear that with you. I'm like, oh, it's just these, oh, this is like spiritual maturity friends. Like this is the real stuff of real people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to allow ourselves to enter into training, you know, like that, that is the the decisions that we make every day, I find yes. I'm faced with things. Even when I look into the sink or I see water bottles, I hate washing water bottles. Okay. Yeah. When I look at them being strewn around all over the place and it's like, oh, I've said this a thousand times. Like instead of reacting, this is an opportunity to train myself in love. Mm-hmm. You know, can I just love and do the right thing and do the thing that lays down my own desires? Maybe it's simple things, you know, and and the point isn't the water bottle. The point is my own heart that doesn't want to love when I feel like I've been wronged in some way or so that doesn't feel like doing that thing again. And it's like, can I humble myself and just do mm-hmm. it? These yeah. There are moments like that all throughout our day that are like growing in the discipline of love, allowing ourselves to enter into the training that, wow, life circumstances will give us lots of opportunities to do Mm -hmm. if we allow that, you know, and there's a submission and a humility to like, I 
will submit myself to the way of love, you know, not the way of self, not the way of pride, not the way of being self-righteous or right all the time, but this little way that looks to serve, that looks to lay down my life, to make a gift of myself to another, uh, even when it isn't always reciprocated. Mm -hmm. And I love what she says, like she goes on to talk about like that this is the church, you know, and that Mm -hmm. we need to be plunged into the heart of the church and like to go deeper and that When we realize this, when we look at through the eyes of love at the church, that when the church has failed us and when the church has hurt us, not that the church should not be held accountable, I am not saying that, Mm -hmm. but that the church is human and little in these areas and their poverty is an opportunity to see God's glory come through, you know, is to love the people in the church. Like it is so easy to be like an armchair quarterback in the church and criticize Mm -hmm. her for all the different things. But how are we bringing love and light into the church? And like I said, it's not doesn't mean to hold some things accountable. Sometimes mm-hmm. the most loving thing you can do is put boundaries and hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. And so, but it means to say, okay, in the littleness, how do I pray for this person? How, like my grandmother always used to say, you will never regret being kind, Michelle. Like you will never regret yeah. being kind, you know? And that's what it tells us in Corinthians. Love is patient and love is kind. So where is the Lord inviting me to be kind to a situation? Where is the Lord inviting me to pray for a situation? And then where is the Lord inviting me to, I mean, inviting me to act in a situation where you need to stand up? Sometimes for me, standing up is a harder thing to do. Setting a boundary is the most loving thing to do, but the harder thing to do. Allowing a child to face the consequences of their own actions is actually sometimes much more harder for me than me just, let me just fix it. You know, I'll just be okay. Like these are hard things to do. And so it's really asking the Holy Spirit, help me discern what what the most loving thing is in this situation at this time. It's a hard one, but it's a beautiful one. Yeah. And the church is, you know, the body of Christ and Christ's body has wounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And will we love his wounds? You know, I was listening to this speaker. I don't know if I shared this before, but I'll just share it again because it was, it's a good example. I was listening to this speaker. She, she began on her knees praying and she was kind of bent over and she just says, Jesus, I love your body. She's talking about the body of Christ. She said, I love your body. I love, she just kept repeating it. And with every time she said it, it was like reverberating into me and I'm being faced with, I don't love your body. Mm-hmm. You know, and and she said it probably 10 times and I was just weeping by the, by the 10th time I'm sitting on the couch weeping in repentance. I'm like, I don't love your whole body. (laughs) I'm mad, you know, at this person or this priest or this bishop for not doing this and this and this. And I was just like so convicted. And I just begged God for his mercy there Mm -hmm. that I could love the whole body. You know, and like you said, Michelle, it doesn't mean that we don't need to have a voice and we don't need to call people, you know, to, to do better and to, to act appropriately. But at the same time, like there was a lot in my own heart. And I think there is often a lot of places where the enemy always wants to divide, always wants to isolate, always wants to to create division. And that happens so subtly within our own hearts. And because we feel right, <laughs> that stops love, mm-hmm. you know, from moving forward. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just a place of reflection for me that was also deeply healing for me. So when we bring those little places where maybe we've gotten off track or where division has crept into our heart, love is what heals that mm-hmm. in the end. I, as we wrap up our time here, I just think of the truth that at the end of time, you know, when God, you know, when we see God face to face and the final resurrection, like justice will be served in our life, friends. You and I don't have to spend the rest of our life trying to exact justice on our own. And 
justice may not be meted out the way we think it should be in this life. And maybe it is deeply unjust in this side of heaven, but I promise you on the other side of heaven, it will be meted out perfectly. And all of us will see, all of us will know, all of us will have everything that was restored to us that was taken. All of us will be able to see the places that we've hurt other people. It it will be served. And that's why you and I in our life, like we're saying, and the places that God is inviting us to stand, mm-hmm. to pursue the correct order of justice, to be humble, to be contrite, to be repentant, to allow the Lord to look at us, to, to examine our own hearts and see where where we need to repent. Where do I need to stand by the foot of the cross, like we said earlier, and offer for this person or this situation? This is this is where the real transformation is, and God doesn't play games with us. Mm-hmm. You know, He's this is not a circus. He's sovereign, and He's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. And Christ knows, and He understands, and He will restore order to everything. And we can Amen. we can trust in that. And that's the gift that Saint Therese gives us, even as she ascent. You know, as she's in heaven, she's like, I will spend the rest of my life doing good on earth. I, I, it will continue. It won't. It won't end. It will continue. And she will let fall a shower of roses. And so we can turn to her and ask her intercession. She's our friend. She's alive. Ask her help and trust those things to her. Ask her to teach us, like as you would. Like I go to the two of you at times. Like you guys teach me how to do this. Like what do you ask her to teach you that one situation in your life where it's so hard to be simple or little, or you just want to hold on to the grudge or want to make it complicated, or you're just wrapped in fear. Saint tries to teach me here. I want to learn. I, I'm afraid, but I want to learn. Help me. And those small prayers lead to big changes, and and that's what the Lord's inviting us to. Amen. I think so. Mm-hmm. Amen. So there's so much more we can say. We we run a little edge of a time constraint here. So Heather, do you want to go first and talk about our your one thing for the week? Yeah, there's a song we may have mentioned it before, but gosh, I've just been praying with it a lot uh, by Amanda Cook called "Hell or High Water." Mm. It's like a stripped down album. Eden's is on there as well, which Michelle mm. was your one thing before. I love both of those songs, but I actually took this song and I started to just sing it myself in my prayer time, and wow, just mm. so powerful. So it'll be in the show notes. Michelle, what's your one thing? I have a song also. It is from Melora Daigle's new album, and it's Thank God I Do. And mm-hmm. their frame is Where Would I Be Without Your Love? Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, like I felt like <laughs> when I was listening to the words, I'm like, oh, she's singing my anthem of the year. It's been a rough year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So it's Thank God I Do by Laura Daigle. And gosh, I love her voice, her scratchy. Yeah, she's very distinct, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. her scratchy mm-hmm. Adele sounding kind of voice. Mm-hmm. I love it. So yeah, it's all good. Sister, what about you? Uh, my one thing is a book. I just wanted to offer our listeners, if you want to go a step deeper with St. Therese, Father Jacques Philippe has a wonderful book called The Way of Trust and Love. Mm. And it's, I believe, a nine-day retreat. And he takes apart a lot of her letters and a lot of her sayings so and that you can spend. It's just really beautiful. I kept my copy and I've looked at it over and over again. So for if you find that this was not enough, which it probably wasn't, <laughs> just to allow you to go deeper with uh, Father Jacques Philippe's book, The Way of Trust and Love. So there's a link for you in the show notes. And I will also post a link. I think we have a link of um, books about St. Therese when we did the doctor series. But mm-hmm. St. Therese's oh, yeah. Story of a Soul, especially the Carmelite edition from the Carmelite publishers, because it has study questions, it has annotations. We'll put the link in there for that. If you've never read Story of a Soul, read Story of a Soul. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, so good. It's good so one. good. Yeah, it's a good one. Well, thank you, friends, for joining us on this two-part series. It's been a delight to have you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com 
where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlist, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.